0: Hey,
1: everybody, welcome to another edition of Swiss Pass. It is the Fosnag Holiday Break edition. I am Don Delco, and joining me always is Susie Lyon and BB the Cat.
2: Yeah. Hey, good day. Good day. I was going to ask you if you need another coffee, but I think you're all right.
1: I may need another one, but, uh, you know, I like that you invite me over to record the podcast and stick me next to a cat. Which you're allergic to. Which I'm allergic to.
2: Hey, I offered to move the cat. You said no. He's sleeping. He -hmm. was
1: snoring, by the way, Mm -hmm. about five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So if you hear that, uh, that's BB. So everybody say hi to BB. Um, We have a great show coming up for you. Not only do we have BB the cat, but we also have. A couple people from Democrats Abroad, we have Liz Voss, who is the Vice Chair and Acting Secretary of Democrats Abroad Switzerland, and Kristen Jafflin, who's the Vice Chair of the Basel Chapter, they stopped by to talk about uh, the primary coming up, as well as basically registering to vote. Uh, if you're living abroad. So some good information there. So thank you to Liz and Kristen for coming on.
2: You asked the important questions, the stuff that needs to be asked. And I asked the uh, non-American questions like, what is a general election?
1: (laughs) Right. But it's also important, like because of where we live, there's a lot of like you who are interested in this election, who know people like me who are voting in this election. And you either want to know more or maybe you want to kind of get involved. And uh, they kind of touch on that in the interview. So we will get to that. But we do have some breaking news.
2: Yes, we do. Oh, my gosh. We have a winner of our Atomo chocolate giveaway.
1: 640 franc chocolate bar.
2: Yes. So thank you firstly to Atomo for this awesome um, bar that you've given us to give to one of our listeners. It was so exciting uh, to see everybody's entries. and we were. Uh, blown away with uh, with all of the interesting things that people love about Switzerland. Cows basically, you know, is is one of the top loved things about Switzerland.
1: What do you love most about Switzerland? The cows. Yeah, no. you're, on, you're on Team
2: Cow. <laughs> In pictures. I like cows from a distance.
1: <laughs> I like cows between two buns.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sorry, apologies to any vegans listening. <laughs> Sorry, honestly. they're delicious. Um, I, you know what? I just love everything about Switzerland. There's nothing I don't love. I even love the gr- grumpy old ladies that yell at my kids on the tr- on the bustle tram.
1: I understand we're talking politics later in the show, but that was a very politician answer. Yes. Very smooth.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, uh, I'll be on the podium later. <laughs> um, no, we do have a winner. So uh, Asimo went through all of the pictures that were submitted to us. They picked and choosed and picked again, and they came down to some finalists. And they, uh, with the help of you and I, Don, came to the decision that the winner was an Instagram submission from I am Sparkle the Unicorn, real name Dina, who uh, sent us a picture on top of the Alps enjoying a, uh, a, a drink from a, from a Swiss flask. Very cool. Yes, it was very very cool. So her and her boyfriend um, did both enter, and they're now arguing about how much her boyfriend gets.
1: He gets he gets to try a piece. I think
2: he's in the photo that she submitted. So um,
1: yeah, yeah. so so
2: he thinks that he should get um, forty grams because it's an eighty gram chocolate bar, and I told uh, Dina the winner that she that. Her boyfriend, uh, Murat, should only get five grams.
1: <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of that. I'm yeah. not getting in between a lover's quarrel. Yeah, so
2: we will see. Uh, Dean is going to keep us updated once she receives her chocolate. She's going to let us know what she does with it, whether she shares it, whether she hides it. We'll see.
1: Whether she invites Susie over to try some. I
2: mean, I'm in her, I'm, you know, I'm in her DMs. I'm planning on, on <laughs> p- pushing right that. Yeah, i right into those DMs, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on, uh, you know, just uh, let me know when that's going to happen. Let me know when the party's happening. Yeah,
1: maybe free. I don't yeah, know.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm free. I'm definitely not doing my hair that day. So congratulations to Dina. Thank you so much to everybody who entered. And of course, thank you to Atomo. Um, make sure you follow them. Give them their Facebook and, uh, and Instagram a like and let them know that uh, Swiss Pat sent you and uh, we, we think you're awesome, Adamo. So thank you so much. And congrats to Dina.
1: Congratulations. Yeah. So before we get to Liz and Kristen of Democrats Abroad, um, we want to bring up something a little based on uh, what we talked about last week. I think there was uh, a rat population growing uh, here in Switzerland, but this is also kind of another gross story that you seem to be finding a lot yeah, lately. Yeah,
2: I seem to like the gross story. So last week, you're right, we did talk about the rats that are kind of, uh, there's more and more being seen running around rats and mice, you know, in supermarkets and on the streets and stuff, and there's been a notable rise uh, in, in rats in the last few months over Switzerland. Gross. And, uh, yep, so just to, I mean, you weren't, keen on that story you felt a little squeamish after we talked about that and this isn't going to help <laughs> because um hundreds of swiss eateries have been condemned as seriously unhygienic so according to a report in the sontag's zeitung newspaper seven hundred and eighty nine federal complaints were filled or filed sorry in 2018 <laughs> and reading skills need a bit of uh work in um, previous years, the average was 560. So the eateries that are in question with, from these complaints range from casual kebab stands to fine restaurants. And the reported violations include oh, no. dirty equipment, moldy food in refrigerators, and badly contaminated food served to customers. Oh, Ugh. Uh, According to the report, almost every fifth complaint was a concrete health hazard. In total, the Cantons carried out 25,942 checks in restaurants and hotel kitchens that year. That's 2018. In addition to the criminal charges, there were also 4,429 warnings. However, now this is where it's. I think this is very interesting. <laughs> Under Swiss Swiss law, the identities of the eateries are not public information. That's bullshit. So in the UK, every uh, place that serves food has a health rating and they, they have to display it on their window or it has to be visible somewhere. So you go in knowing this has two health stars. This has five health stars. This has no health stars and it's got boarded <laughs> up windows. Um you know when you go in there you're risking your health if you go into your favorite kebab shop that only has two health stars but you worth you know you think it's worth it because that's where the best kebabs are. But here in Switzerland you just have to hope and pray and cross your fingers.
1: I I don't like that. I think there needs to be more transparency with that. In the States it's the same way. Uh, You'll notice that uh, all over, especially like places like New York City, they have it displayed. Like you'll know what kind of ratings they have, and I'm very disappointed that you can't find that out. That seems that seems very against the customer, right? Yeah. Now I know I come from a country where the customer is always right, and I know that is also bullshit.
2: Makes gives me like shivers down my spine hearing customer is always right.
1: However. I think it, it would be fair to the customers who are trying these places. They should know what they're getting into. Yeah. That's pretty shady that they don't know.
2: Yeah, it is. Especially like, it makes me not want to eat out at all. Because imagine if you're like, oh, I'll go somewhere that's a little bit fancier. Cause then I know the food's going to be fine. Uh, not necessarily, and right? it's like, well, not necessarily, you know, you could be paying a hundred francs for a meal and it'd still be crap. Yeah. And it's important to distinguish like these health scores that, you know, in the, have in the US and the UK, and they obviously have here, but are kept secret. It's not about the quality of food uh, in terms of like how good the food is, you know, is it a Michelin star or not? It's about the cleanliness there, the, the health, um, you know, of, of the place and the people and the quality of the food exactly. in that sense. I think that that's something that we should know.
1: I have a great idea. Hear me out. Okay, Not this is a million dollar idea. Switzerland has a surplus of money, right? Yes. So what they do is they hire Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. To go to every restaurant in this country and they film it, and he just walks in these places and goes through the, goes through the kitchens and is like throwing things and yelling at them and saying this is disgusting, blah blah blah. But then we know. Yeah. Through the vehicle of Gordon Ramsay, drop some f bombs. It'd be a great time. Yeah. TV show. There you go. You're welcome, SRF. Yeah. Million dollar (laughs) ID.
2: You could take that one and and run with it. Yeah. I'm sure Gordon would have a few things to say about uh, the, the bad quality food places. I just wish we knew.
1: I really do. Like that really gives me pause now when I walk in some places. Now, I don't care for a kebab. I've had one and it wasn't a pleasurable experience. Oh. I don't think I would have another one. One was good. You're so uncultured. It wasn't, it wasn't good. You're
2: supposed to keep having them until you find the perfect one.
1: Where, have you had the perfect one? I
2: have, yeah. I have Is had the perfect one. Is it anywhere
1: nearby or do we have to go somewhere? I'll take you there. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's really good. I really like it. I'm not telling you what, where, I'm not giving you the name. No, no, no. But I don't want it to be overrun with people. But you'll take me. Yeah, I'll take you there. I'll take you there. Isn't that a song?
1: I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely not about kebabs. Kebabs? Kebabs.
2: I call them kebabs.
1: Kebabs. Yeah. Bap. B-A-P.
2: Yeah. Kebabs. Okay.
1: All right. I'm holding you to that. All right. I'll take you. All right. Let's go now while we play this interview. it,
2: It could be one of these places that have a bad rating for all we know. True. We'll try it.
1: Then you'll take me to the hospital. It'll be fine.
2: All right, let's get to the interview before we, like, you know, really don't want to eat ever again.
1: (laughs) Okay. Here is uh, Liz and Kristen of Democrats Abroad. Okay, and joining us now are two people from Democrats Abroad. We have Liz Voss. Say hi, Liz. Hi. And we have Kristen Jafflin. Hello. Okay, so now we're going to try and match the names to the. To the uh, voices, so we'll start with Liz, and thank you for coming on, Liz. Appreciate you guys coming. Thank you for having us. It's an election year, huh?
3: Yes, it is an election year. It's a big one. It is a big <laughs> one. So
1: we want to touch on a few things on what you guys are doing. You're getting people registered to vote, which is Kristen's background, and also just kind of a general awareness on what Democrats Abroad is, which you guys do. So Liz, we'll start with you. You're the vice chair and acting, acting secretary of Democrats Abroad Switzerland. Correct. And explain to us what Democrats Abroad is.
3: Well, Democrats Abroad is an official part of the Democratic National Committee. Um, We are counted as a state and we do send delegates to the National Convention, which will take place in Milwaukee in July of this year. Um, So we act exactly like a state does. We build um, a platform about based on what our members all around the world care about. We collect input from our members to do that. And then we present that to the party and help build the platform that the party runs on in the general election in November.
1: Okay, so there's there's the Democrats Abroad, Switzerland, mm-hmm. and then it's in three cities, Geneva, Basel, Zurich. Correct. And then how many other countries are involved in Democrats Abroad?
3: We have country committees in 55 countries, but we have members in 190 countries.
1: Wow, okay.
3: So we're everywhere.
1: <laughs> and has this thing been going on for a long time? Is it relatively new? Since the new? 70s okay,
3: is when it was started in London and Paris were the first two cities to have Democrats abroad chapters. But it has obviously grown quite a bit since then. It
1: has. <laughs> and now you live in the Basel area. How long have you been abroad?
3: Um, five years. Five
1: years. Okay. As of last month, so... Was this something that was, like, as soon as you moved here, you needed to find this? Or how did you how did you find Democrats Abroad?
3: Um, I used Vote From Abroad to register to vote in the 2016 election. And I joined Democrats Abroad at that time. But I was not an active member. I didn't do anything other than register to vote and okay. participate in the election. Um, I'd been a Democrat all my life. Um, but... Um, I was not super active in politics because I didn't feel like I needed to be. Mm -hmm. I gave money and I voted and that felt like enough. (laughs) But obviously the election in 2016 changed that. And when the call for candidates came out in early 2017 that they were looking for uh, members to be in the leadership in Democrats Abroad here in Switzerland, I decided to step forward and see what I could do to help
1: okay and now Kristen, as we mentioned there's the there's the city chapters within Switzerland yep. uh, Geneva Zurich and you're our vice chair in for the Basel chapter
0: yes exactly
1: so explain to your how how you got to um, coming over here how long have you been over here and how did you come across Democrats abroad
0: well I first moved abroad in 2009 in January 2009 so if we think back to that era it was right before Obama's inauguration. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been a Democrat all my life, too. I was really excited about um, Obama's election in 2008, as many people were. Uh, and I, I wanted to go to an inauguration party. So I was in Geneva then. Um, and I looked for an event and found one that Democrats Abroad was hosting in Geneva. Um, and so that's how I got involved in Democrats Abroad back in, in 2009. And then when I moved to the Basel area, um, in, I go, they contacted me, I think it was actually for the midterm elections in 2014, uh, they contacted me to help with some of the voter registration and activities here. That was actually before there was a Basel chapter, okay. and we formed s- shortly after that. Okay.
1: So you mentioned um, about the inauguration party, and it seems like you guys are doing a lot of things all the time, whether it's fundraising, or there's yep. always something going on, and it, it is... Uh, I don't know, can, can you explain to us the different types of things that you guys do in addition you know, to something important as in an election year?
0: Uh, well, we've got a great and active chapter here in Basel, so we have a lot of activities that we do throughout the year. Um, we do fundraisers, there's this great sommelier who actually works at Trois-Rois who um, does wine tastings with us, um, Steph Green. Um, those are fun, we call them the wine wines. Uh, I think there's one planned in, in April or May that we're working on. So. Something okay. to keep an eye out for. Um, we hold Fourth of July picnics every year. Um, and around a week after the official Rhine swim, we have a sort of Democrats abroad Rhine swim, especially for newcomers to sort of learn about that tradition here in Basel. Um, for the last couple of years, we've had thanks, Thanksgiving potlucks, uh, and those have been really cool. We oh, okay. we rent out a click Keller for those. Nice. So it's a really nice venue. Um, and then, you know, we have lots of other events. We um, anyone who wants to get involved, we have monthly sort of business planning meetings and a monthly social hour that people can come to. Um, and then, sort of other events as. A, as we Mm -hmm. think of them, basically. So
1: So there is something coming up March 7th and 10th. It's a global primary. Now, the news is talking about all the primaries, obviously the Iowa caucus, New Hampshire, all these primaries going on. What's the global primary?
3: Well, the global primary is um, a Democrats Abroad international event, and it kicks off on Super Tuesday, the same as many, many primaries in the U.S., except that our... Um, global primary event in Bangkok this year is the first Super Tuesday to open. So okay. we are the the first one. DA has the first one. So that's exciting. But what it is, is it gives um, Democrats abroad members a chance to come and cast a ballot in person. And vote, you know, we... In the US, when you go and vote, you get your little I voted sticker, you push the button on the machine or you fill out the paper and then, you know, you walk away feeling like you've done something. And Mm -hmm. then when you vote from abroad, you're, you know, just writing your filling in the ballot (laughs) and sticking it in the mail and then you walk away and that's it. Yeah. So it gives you a bit of a sense of the camaraderie that you miss by not getting to vote in person in the Mm -hmm. US. It is only a presidential primary. So you can only vote for your favorite Democratic presidential candidate at this point. Um, we encourage our members to still vote down ballot in their home states if that's possible for them. Um, but we we are really excited to do this event and to have it in so many cities and so many um, locations this year.
1: So let me, if I get the dates right. So in Basel, it's March 7th and 10th. Correct and then in geneva and zurich it's the 3rd and 7th of march correct did i nail those you
3: did yeah. you got it perfect so i wrote them down i cheated <laughs> you didn't memorize it cuz no. i did <laughs> <laughs> um, so in geneva they're going to be at the holy trinity church both days and at the in zurich they are at the American Women's Club both days. And here in Basel, we have um, the event on the Saturday, the 7th, is at L'Atelier near Bayrun Tanner. And the um, one on Tuesday, the 10th, is at, in the Von Zimmer at Mark Tala
2: okay. okay, so I am here, hello. <laughs> Hi guys. Um, I have a question that's probably gonna make me sound pretty dumb, but I'm gonna go for it anyway, because uh, I don't know anything about U.S. politics in terms of voting. Mm-hmm. So let's assume there's some other people who are dumb like me. Probably not. But what, what, why are global primaries important? Like what is it uh, about voting for a Democratic presidential candidate? Why does that matter?
3: Well, there's a couple of things. First, some U.S. citizens who are living abroad live in states like Iowa or Nevada where they caucus. And so if you're not in a city to go and caucus you can't caucus so those people don't <clears throat> excuse me sorry don't get a chance to participate in their primary at all um, but then further to that <coughs> sorry um, the benefit of participating in our primary in the global primary with DA is that it's earlier than many state primaries so A lot of times, I mean, you've seen after those of us who have followed the news, like after New Hampshire, multiple candidates dropped out. Mm -hmm. The field is going to continue to narrow. And so those people who have a presidential primary in May or June, they'll be voting, but really the decision may already be made. So if you get to cast your ballot on Super Tuesday or later in that week with us, you get to participate when a decision is still being made, as opposed to when it's a foregone conclusion. Additionally, there are an estimated 150,000 to 200,000 voters that will participate in the global primary with us. If you compare that to the number of voters in any US state, basically, it's way, way fewer. And so we send 13 delegates to the the convention in July, your vote is going to count two to four times more when cast with us than when cast in your state back home when you compare number of delegates to number of voters. So your voice has more weight. And we all know that citizens living outside of their home country have different concerns than the citizens living inside the country, and so this is really the only chance that we get to come together as a global community and say these are the values that we hold and want to push forward.
1: And real quick, to to vote in this global primary, you need to. I, what do I need to do um, to be able to come to one of those events that we mentioned?
3: Well, you will have to be a member of Democrats Abroad in order to vote, but we do offer same-day registration. Wow, so so convenient, Liz. (laughs) My goodness. So you can walk in the door, not a member, but want to join and still participate so you have to be 18 by election day of this year so you can barely made that okay (laughs) so you can be 17 for our younger listeners and younger voters um you can actually participate in the primary this year even if you're not 18 yet as long as you will be by election day and is that it Kristen? i feel like that's really it yeah you just have to
1: That's it. Well, here's here's a. Oh, you have to be a U.S. citizen. Well, yeah. Sorry, Sus. So here's a little segue. Let's get to election day. So that's coming up in November. How do you register to vote? Uh, Can you tell us, Kristen, about now? Let's let's fast forward here to November, and we want to vote in the actual presidential election. Um, Those living over here, what do they have to do?
0: Well, it's actually really easy. Um, there's a website, votefromabroad.org, that you can go to that helps you fill out the form you need to send in to um, register to vote or to request your ballot. And okay. one of the things that it's important for all of our listeners to remember, um, you know, if you're a U.S. citizen, you're supposed to request your ballot if you live abroad every election year. So if you haven't done this yet, you know, go to votefromabroad.org now and do it um, so that you're really certain that you'll get your ballot and be able to vote in this extraordinarily important election year. Mm-hmm. So you just go to vote from abroad and it's really straightforward what you have to do. You, know, you need to say who you are. You need to say your voting address, um, which is the last place you lived in the US. Or um, for US citizens who were born abroad, it's their parents, their US citizen parents last address in the US. Okay. Um and cuz you know for the global primary we can vote as US citizens living abroad, but that's the only time we get to do that. All the rest of the time you vote through a state. Okay. So um, you have to have that US voting address.
1: And is there is there a deadline that we need to be aware of like we got to get this done before X date to be able to vote?
0: The deadlines vary by state. None of them are before October. So okay. right now you do not have to worry about any deadlines for the general election. You um, you know, you, If you want to vote in your state primaries, um, some of those deadlines have passed already. Um, and lots of them are coming up. So um, the sooner, the better. But you know, there's no reason to put it off. Sure. You have to do it once a year. Do it early.
2: So I um, am interested in American politics for the first time ever after 2016. I don't think I'm alone. Um, and I I like Bernie. Uh, and so I went to his website and tried to donate and found out uh, my money's not welcome. Um, and I, I thought it would be okay, but it's not. So as a non-American, what can people like me do? Because at the moment, all I can do is read stuff. Uh, that's what it feels like. I know I can't vote. I found out I can't donate. What can I do? Oh, yeah. So there is a commission in the U.S. called the Federal
3: Election Commission and they say that only U.S. citizens can donate to U.S. politics. Um, So that's why we couldn't take your money or Bernie couldn't. None of us can. (laughs) Um, But there are still things that non-U.S. citizens can do to help. First of all, no one has to be a U.S. citizen to help someone register to vote. No one has to be a U.S. citizen to tell someone about our events or um, any, you know, just the election Asking people And we think it's really important actually That our Swiss listeners Or any other listeners elsewhere Ask the Americans that you know Are you taking part in the election this year? How are you participating? Because U.S. politics are global politics mm-hmm. Whatever happens in the U.S. is going to impact everybody
1: You know, funny you say that Because when we we've, we've lived here three years now And we first moved over here it was like you turn on the bbc or you turn on local news and like something that happened in the states is leading their news right mm-hmm. and it's like that wouldn't like we don't we don't hear about we rarely hear about uk politics or australian politics or any sort of other kind of politics back home it's all just this is what's happening in washington yeah but like here it's so like like you said susie i mean you're interested in this stuff you're you're coming across this you're aware of it um, because it is just such a global thing, U.S. politics is. Yeah,
3: exactly. So I would say the the number one thing that I would encourage non-U.S. citizens to do is ask your American friends if they're participating. And
1: Yes, Susie. I am participating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got one done.
3: <laughs> so um, definitely do that. I would go to votefromabroad.org and kind of um, familiarize yourself with that process. And then you can help someone walk through the process to register to vote or request their ballot if they've registered before. Um, another thing that you can do is there are lots of programs like postcards to voters or text to voters. You can do that, too. You don't have to be a U.S. citizen to encourage even U.S. citizens that you don't know to participate in the election. So there are lots of non-monetary ways to do outreach and feel like you're making a contribution because you really are.
1: So, and the, but the monetary things are when you guys hold events, there there are you guys take very careful steps to make sure the money. I'm giving is okay, or the money Susie would give to like that wine event, right? Yeah. Like you guys take very careful steps on making sure things are on the up and up.
3: Yes, that's correct. So, in order to give money to Democrats abroad anywhere in the world, you have to be a US citizen, you have to be the age of majority. So, you do have to be 18 in order mm-hmm. to donate. And you cannot be donating money that comes from a foreign person or entity. Mm-hmm. So, um, we can only take donations, like free money, from from U.S. citizens. But when we hold events like the Wine Wine or like our pancake breakfast, things like that, where there's a cost, we can accept cost. So we have to cost out the event, sure. see how what the what the per person head charge is. You've
1: never seen Susie eat pancakes. Yeah, that's true. That'd be well, expensive. it's an all you can eat event, yeah. so. Oof.
2: <laughs> I'd make that uh, per cost go up. Uh, a bit. <laughs> so
0: keep your eyes out in September. That's when the <laughs> pancake okay. breakfast is happening.
2: <laughs> i already got the 4th of July one in my
3: calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some non-U.S. citizens at 4th of July last year. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the pancake breakfast, we did it in 2018, and it was a huge success, and the pancakes were great, so highly recommended (laughs) um that's a basel event maybe zurich and geneva will add something similar um but so like at the wine wine we charge 25 francs a head per person and that covers the cost of the venue the food and the wine and then from our american attendees we request at least an extra 10 franc donation on top of that and then if they want to give more we will gladly take their additional money (laughs)
1: okay okay sorry I have
3: uh,
2: a question about you deal with the um, Kristen the uh, registering people or helping registering people talk us through the process is it is it hard, is it easy? Should I be like, oh, it's too difficult, I'm not doing that?
0: It's really easy. Um, when when we help people, I mean, you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just go to the website and it's very straightforward. Uh, we also help people at events, um, like we were just at the Expat Expo, we helped a lot of people to register there, we go to the International School, we've gone down to Chichino to help people at Franklin University. Uh, what we do is, um, we people, if people have a phone with a data plan which you know and here in switzerland most people do um, we show them how to get on the website and um, then they, they fill in the information if they have trouble with anything like remembering their zip code back in the u.s you know if they've been abroad 40 years people forget that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing um, we'll look that information up for them um, sometimes people need some advice about this thing called voter status there's a question about whether you intend to return or your return is uncertain and some people sometimes people have questions on what that means and so we can explain all that for them Um, yeah and then um, once you get through the process uh, for most states you can actually um, sign a piece of paper and use your phone's camera to import the signature onto the form this is actually new this year, and it's really cool. So you import the signature into your uh, form, and then you can email it directly. You don't have to print nice. anything. Have
1: you ever tried to sign something on your phone with your finger? It, yeah, it, luckily it you don't. You, you ha-
0: we do need paper and a pen okay. so we can get a real signature. And um, most states that works really well. Um, some states you have to print it out and mail it in. So um, then you know. Uh, we try to identify whether people need to print ahead of time and make sure that they're using a device that they can print from okay. <laughs> when filling out the form. Um, and then we print them, and uh, we have envelopes, and we sell people stamps. We're not allowed to give them stamps. So, you know, it's a, a two-franc stamp. So we're like, we have them here. We just need two francs, <laughs> so, okay. um, and help them get that in the mail. But it, it's really very straightforward. Um, what's the other information? I mean, the thing that people have... The most difficulty with, um, if they've been abroad a long time, is remembering their last address in the US. Um, and then sometimes people, um, most states ask for the last four digits of your social security number um, for identification purposes. Mm-hmm. So um, people, for example, who were born abroad and have never really used that social security number, <laughs> um, that's something we encourage them to look up ahead of time if. if um, we're having a event like at a university or at one of the international schools, for example.
1: Okay. So. And so everything, everything's online. Uh, Democrats abroad and the, the different chapters in Switzerland, how can people find out more about those? Uh, what's the website address?
0: It's um, www.democratsabroad.org. Okay. And then for Switzerland backslash CH.
1: Okay. All right. And
0: maybe Liz, you want to tell people more about that? Um, sure. So
3: we also, as, as mentioned, we have our chapters. It's, I always, sorry, I say we, and I sometimes mean Switzerland. And then I say we, and I mean Basel because I am in the Basel chapter, Uh but, um, DA Switzerland is also in Geneva and Zurich. They're both growing, um, chapters, uh, with really excited leadership who are planning events and trying to get more engaged people so if you are in geneva or zurich please get in touch with your chapter and you can contact them at geneva at democrats.ch or zurich at democrats.ch but like geneva for example has a book club that meets monthly um, and sometimes it's a literal book and sometimes it's a collection of articles about a particular event Um, the zurich chapter is Planning to start doing wine tastings and I think a yoga class, Stacy was talking about. They have a lot of really cool ideas that they're going to start implementing. So definitely be on the lookout for that. But when you go to our website, which you can either do directly at the web address that Kristen gave or Just go to DemocratsAbroad.org and navigate through the menu to the Europe region and then Switzerland. You can also find each chapter has their own page. So you can look up um, about the leadership here in Switzerland in general or specifically in any of the chapters. And you can also see the national events as well as the chapter events. So it's all on there. And we also have a dedicated page for the global primary with all the information about our primary events that are coming up.
1: All right. It's a big year. You guys don't look as stressed out as maybe, maybe because it's only February. Maybe if we spoke again, like October, it'd be a little, a little more stressed <laughs> out or well, I mean, nervous or anxiety. What's going on?
0: I think looks are, de- are deceiving because <laughs> um, we're very busy with the global primary coming up. Yeah. I mean, February is just crazy. Okay. <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, so, um, I mean, I know I personally will be going to all three chapter cities for one of their primary events, and I've been having to arrange childcare and and all of that because the first week of the global primary is while my daughter's on Fajnak break because it starts on Fajnak Tuesday. Um, (laughs) That's why we're not having a Super Tuesday event in Basel. Um, And then the second week, she's back in school, which is its own set of troubles. But um <laughs> so uh I definitely am feeling the stress. I mean the voting kicks off online on February 18th and so we've been prepping for that. We there's a lot going on behind okay. the scenes and you know I'm just holding all that stress in.
0: (laughs) Uh, And I will say for for any of your listeners um, who might be interested in getting involved, whether or not they're U.S. citizens, we need lots of volunteers for the global primary. We need at least six people per shift for the days of voting. um, And that's like, three to four shifts per day for Basel. Um, so if you're interested in getting involved, just write to you know, Geneva at democrats.ch if you're in the Geneva area, Zurich at democrats.ch if you're in the Zurich area, or Basel at democrats.ch if you're in the Basel area, and you know, we, will, we will be happy to have your help from everyone.
2: Awesome. And just to, to finish us off, um, have you got like a message of hope for for people who who maybe are thinking it's been rough. It's <laughs> been a rough couple of years. What what can what can we look forward to in the next uh, coming months?
3: Well, what I would say is that the good thing that we have seen come from the current presidency is the upswelling of people getting involved. The protests, the people who are politically active that have never been politically active before the um just the participation has definitely increased and so if we can maintain that enthusiasm and see it through to the finish line and remember that what we are doing is for the good of ourselves our children and everyone around the world I really think that we can get
0: have success, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Hopefully, and, and I'll have to say, I mean, I'm very happy about the level of, of interest. Uh, I mean, we've seen a a much larger level of interest in the upcoming election than we typically see even in presidential election years, um, and I'm hopeful about that because really, if everyone votes, I am confident that um, yeah, a certain person I prefer not to name will not be reelected, um, and. What's the slogan? Vote blue, no matter who. <laughs> and that's, the, that's my philosophy. Uh, obviously, you know, you can, in the primary, you vote for who you prefer, but, um, keep their eyes on the prize, and I think if everyone pulls together and really keeps their eyes on the prize and, and, and goes for it, that we can make a difference. And us uh, voting from abroad, we we can be what we call what, the edge of victory? Margin of victory. The margin of victory. There've been a lot of really, really close races in a lot of states, and every vote counts. And Some people are like, oh, my vote from abroad doesn't count. That is not true. Every vote counts. And so you can be part of that
1: sort of margin of victory, voting from abroad too. Awesome. Well, Kristen, Liz, thank you much for coming on. Hang in there, guys. Maybe a couple (laughs) more of those wine tastings and we'll see (laughs) you through to December.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. It's been really nice.
0: Yeah, thank you very much.
2: Thanks guys from Democrats Abroad for that awesome interview. Uh, If you are an American, make sure you get involved. And if you're not an American, you gotta, you gotta help out anyway. Let everybody know that's American that they should vote, exactly and register. That's
1: what you can do. Keep them aware. I just voted in my uh, Canton. De- no, in uh, in my de- in my primary back at Ohio, I sent my votes in earlier last week. Well done. So they're on their way.
2: Good work. Now we wanna give a quick shout out to a Schwabscher Lad in Switzerland, the Facebook page where we get a lot of our news from. Uh, Jonathan runs that page and it has upwards of 11,000 followers. So you're always in for a nice, facebook discussion on the news or anything else that you want on that facebook page so check it out if you want to know what is happening in switzerland in terms of news in english so thank you jonathan once again for helping us out there
1: all right so before we get to my news thing before the uh, interview with liz and kristen we talked about kebabs or kebabs and you said you would take me to one and i was just thinking i'm very excited because whenever we do lunch you never really want to pick where we want going to go yeah And it's always a thing. I'm like, where are we going for lunch? You're like, I don't care. You pick. Yeah, you always have to pick. Now, next time I say that question, you'll have an answer for me. Yeah, the kebab place. And that makes me more excited than trying this mystery meat kebab.
2: Oh. I'm not going to eat the meat at the kebab shop. (laughs) (laughs) I I eat the falafel. Okay. So I can't, you know, say anything about the meat. (laughs) That's on you.
1: So I may need to... (laughs) Make sure my will is, is up before we go. Okay.
2: Sorry about that, Don. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, so <laughs> moving on to away from food, but uh, still in that theme, uh, there was a drunk man, which I guess fits with kebabs, right? Yeah. I
2: mean, he needs to get his kebab on the way home. Everyone does.
1: Last year, there was a drunk man last July who decided uh, he needed to, he was going to take a train on yep. his way home and he missed his train.
2: Oh, that sucks.
1: Yeah. It really is. So he was in Italy. He was in Domo Dossola, Italy, and he was going back to Brig, which is a lovely little town if you haven't been. Is that That's far? It. Well, it's about, uh, yeah. It's, I don't know, probably 30 minutes on the train or something. Okay. Um, he decided he was going to walk. Walk home. When you're drunk, you make the best decisions. Right.
2: I've I honestly never, I will always pay for a taxi over walking home.
1: Yes. So, he walked through a 20-kilometer-long tunnel called the Simplon Train Tunnel.
2: Oh, it's a train tunnel. Yeah. He didn't get hit, did he?
1: No, no, he didn't. But uh, he was thinking. He started by using his phone as a flashlight, or as you would call it, a torch. Yes. It's weird. Um, It's literally
2: called a torch on your phone, but whatever.
1: No, flashlight. But that drained the battery. So, then he groped his way along the (laughs) coach for the next two hours. He must have been sober by then. I mean, that would sober you up pretty quickly, right? What I don't understand, it there there's a picture on our friends at World Radio Switzerland who you could hear us Fridays mm-hmm. on the breakfast show. There I I think there's room on the side, like the little walking path for like the workers and stuff. So I don't think it's just like Just tunnel. Right. But still, this is like when a train came, it must have been freaky. Do you think a train came while he was walking it? I would assume. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe all the trains were done. That's why he was walking. Right. So he walked 17 of the 20 kilometers.
2: Oh, he got far.
1: Yeah, he definitely sobered up at that point. Yeah. But, I mean, how
2: long does it take to walk 17 kilometers? A few hours, right?
1: Oh, yeah, easily. So the reason it stopped at 17 is a train driver spotted him and arranged a rescue. <laughs>
2: Drunk man walking on the train
1: tracks. Yeah, so now about a year later, he's in trouble. Ah, uh-huh. that's a why it's in the news. Court has fined him 1,200 francs, and he has to pay the cost of 1,150 francs. Uh, but the train company is now adding up its cost due to cancellations and the rescue.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: That will also be in the thousands. That's expensive. It's a very expensive decision he made.
2: It would have been t- cheaper to get a taxi and a kebab on the way home.
1: He would have saved thousands of dollars. Yeah, like literally thousands of dollars by doing that.
2: I mean, people do make silly mistakes when they're drunk, don't they?
1: Oh yeah.
2: What, what's your uh, What's your story of a silly <laughs> not mistake? Not
1: fit, not fit for podcast. <laughs> let's just say.
2: <laughs> not fit for BB's innocent ears.
1: Well, poor BB, she is yet to wake up. He, he, he's a boy.
2: BB is a boy. Yeah, oh. he's a king.
1: Well, yeah, he is. Uh, he's sleeping hard. Yeah. Poor guy. He had a surgery, huh?
2: Mm-hmm. He uh-huh. did. He had a surgery. He's got a nice big scar on his back. And uh, Don is doing his best to not be disgusted by uh, B.B. By the cat. I'm
1: not disgusted. I'm just, you know that place that people have in their heart for animals? Mm. Mine never developed.
2: Right. Mine didn't until I met B.B.
1: Oh. Yeah. It was love at first sight. It was, yeah. Yeah?
2: Yeah. So I think uh, all animal lovers have that moment.
1: Yet, when I'm over here in BB, the rare times that BB is awake, he looks at me with utter disgust.
2: Yeah, the same as the way I look
1: at you. (laughs) It's pretty similar. I see where you guys get along.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, I got to get out of this place. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really, really wish that you would have told us your worst drunk story, but uh, I guess that's going to have to wait for another day. I'll have to get you drunk, and then maybe you'll tell it.
1: Well, one of the worst ones, I will say, it involved... um, it involved when the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship. Okay, yeah. I see where this is going. Third greatest night of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it happened around 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. And uh, let's just say we decided that we didn't want to go home, right? So there was about four of my friends, very close friends, uh, two of them left because they were smart.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, they're it, smart friends.
1: Myself and my other friend, uh, as we call him Z, decided we don't want this night to end.
2: D and Z, living it up in the town.
1: Exactly. So there was a uh, a bartender that over the course of the night we became friendly with because we spent so much money during the game. She said, we're going to this bar, let's go. So somehow we managed to get there. Now... Here's the thing, is it's tradition when your team wins a championship to drink champagne. So during the course of the night, we were very nervous and we were drinking things like bourbon. Oh my goodness. And maybe beer. But then we decided after they won, it was time for champagne. Well, let's just say this bar didn't have the most top shelf champagne.
2: Even if they did, that's not a good idea.
1: Yeah. So basically... We end up at this other bar and we're just like, holy crap, this happened. It was a great night. All I remember is taking a taxi. I didn't walk through a tunnel. Taking a taxi back to my house. I lived in suburbia. Not taxi. Getting out of the Uber. Okay. And right next to my mailbox, vomiting profusely. Yeah. Naturally. And then somehow getting At in least my-
2: you didn't do it in the, in the Uber. That's way worse. I did not.
1: No, uh, I did not. Thank God. Uh, and then falling asleep on the couch to being awoken a few hours later by my kids poking at me, right? Right. Um, daddy, why are you on the couch? Daddy, daddy, daddy. And so this was like, you know, six thirty seven in the morning and I somehow proceeded to go shower and get dressed for work. And I remember pulling out of my driveway and making it about 50 yards thinking, no, I yeah. shouldn't be driving. I'm and still driving. Back in. Yeah. Uh, and somehow I made it to work later that day, and I remember um, going to office of my friend. Um, she <laughs> was excited, but I remember laying on the floor in her office, going, "I should." Under be her here. desk. Not under her desk, but like in her office.
2: Don, you you're a little puppy dog. That is that is a mediocre
1: horror story. I cleaned it up a bit, depending on who's <laughs> listening. There's <laughs> things I left out. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much up there.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty innocent. It's like that was that was every night for me when I was 15. 15? 16. 16, I swear. 16. 17. 18, Mom, I swear.
1: <laughs> See? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta think about who's Got to think about it, yeah. she yeah. should turn these mics off before we get in trouble.
2: Well, thank you for sharing that uh, that fun night with us, Don. Don's uh, night with Z.
1: Oh, it was a good time. Yeah third best night of my life
2: don't want to know about the other two
1: (laughs) all right fair enough all right uh so that's it that's it we're done we're done
2: thank you for listening
1: have a good one bye